0: All right, and we are back and at it again. It is The Chunk, and it is podcast number six. We are pacing adorably in the podcast department. We will pick it up, I think, a little more frequently as we go on, but uh, we're figuring out our lives. I know you just moved, so you're kind of settling back in up in New Jersey, so it's getting kind of serious for you over there. And by you, I mean JJ. I am Justin, and we are back at it for podcast number six. How are things going on up there?
1: Um, Well, I have to say that... It is going swimmingly. Um, I've got my games all up on the shelves. I've got, well, I had my console set up, but we have a little bit of maintenance stuff we have to do. But my computer's set up, and uh, the computer gaming world is pretty exciting right now, I would say.
0: Very nice. I actually took all my consoles down and boxed them up as if we were going to move. Then I realized we got a little bit more time, and instead of putting the consoles back out, I realized I had so many games back in my, in, in basically in, in totes, that I wanted to display them as well. So instead of putting all the consoles back out, I just put the games out and in their place. And uh, when they're all together, it doesn't look like as many as I thought I, I had. It's really weird. <laughs> I swear I had Enough.
1: more. You need more is what you're saying. It is.
0: It's sad that I say that, but I mean, it's I've, I've got about 50 or so of each, pretty much each console, and I'm just kind of like, it doesn't look like a lot when they're all piled together. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we can start this off. I know we're going to hit sports, we're going to hit entertainment, and we're going to hit gaming. Uh, we'll just kick this one off right away with uh, the sports, and we'll do the NBA draft. I know you. I think you may have missed it. I think a lot of people probably tuned out for that. I don't think a lot of people sit down and uh, hang out for the NBA draft. However, I did uh, as a Celtics fan. Uh, Danny Ainge, you know, I'm always, I'm always wondering what this man's got up his sleeve. Uh, he, he did stand pat on draft day and picked a decent, uh, a decent player that fell to us. His name is Robert Williams, but that's, you know, I won't get into that. It was just the pick 27. Um, but everything kind of played out uh, just about what I thought. It went, I think it was uh, Aiton. Wound up going number one. The one player that I thought was probably the best player player in the draft is Luca Doncic. And uh,
1: Doncic, his last name is Donkage.
0: Don- Donkage. It's Doncic. Doncic, Donk It's D O N C I C, and I'm sure I'm butchering it. But I've seen the dude play. Uh, he he's from Europe. I've seen him play on YouTube. Uh, so I feel like obviously I'm the most qualified to talk about him because I've seen him on YouTube. But everything i have seen from this dude <laughs> is unreal. Like aside from premier peak athleticism probably the best european player i think i've seen come out in my life i mean the dude the dude was i think 18 years old just turned he's 19 now i believe and he was on one of the best european teams the basketball teams and usually draft the high draft picks that are european in the nba that come out are are pretty good um and they're usually getting about 10 or so minutes on a really good team in europe this dude played, I'm pretty sure he, he carried his team to the championship. They won the championship, and he won the MVP of the season and the, and the championship. The dude is a, a monster. However, he, he went third in the draft uh, to what was the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks traded back to pick five and flip-flop with the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks, to me, walked away with the best player in the draft at number three. And they, all they had to do was move up a little bit to get him. It was it, that. I mean, that was a shocker to me. But other than that, the draft kind of played out uh, exactly. You know, nothing too shocking. Not, I mean, didn't really. It wasn't really that much eventful stuff going on.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying is that the Celtics managed to get European LeBron at the third pick.
0: No, no, no. no. The Celtics didn't get him. I, I started off talking about the Celtics because I'm selfish and I just only uh. want to talk about my team. The the Dallas Mavericks walked away with, I would call him European LeBron, but without just take away all his athleticism. Not all of it. (laughs) Not all of it. But he's not, he's not LeBron freakishly athletic, but the dude, the dude can shoot. The dude can pass. He can defend. He's, he looks like an all around great player. And I I do like where he landed. And I'm going to be curious to follow his career. Um, but I will say at number eight, the uh Cleveland Cavaliers had picked number eight, and I was curious to see what they were gonna do. Uh obviously with the LeBron situation swirling around, what you know, his free agency is up right now. He he's up basically to go wherever he wants, he can just kind of write his ticket and they'll somebody'll make space for him. Um, but to see what they did, they stood Pat at number eight and they picked Colin Sexton, a point guard, who I believe LeBron is on record. Of praising in the past So this may have Hmm. been one of those picks Where it's like, all right, well we may have been Leaning somewhere else, but uh, Colin Sexton is is a player that I know We know LeBron has been talking about Let's see, you know Let's see what happens if we pick him, you know Maybe LeBron will stay with us
1: Speaking of, we might as well Just move right into the uh, What I'm liking to call the LeBron Tracker 2018
0: Yes, Uh, I'm about sick of these
1: I have to say, like You know that you are the greatest player in the world at your sport when there are franchises who are literally grabbing players in the hopes that they can present to you, hey, look at this team we've assembled that'll go right around you. Why don't you join us? And we'll pay you lots of money. And what's crazy about LeBron is he is already arguably – I would say probably is the greatest basketball player of all time. And he seems to be getting better at basketball. Yeah. That's what's really crazy about all this. What's sad it's to,
0: like, Yeah, what's sad to me is that I, I grew up and, and I started watching basketball right around I'd say like actually paying attention to basketball in the early two thousands, like oh you know, two thousand one, right around those Lakers teams, the the Kobe Shaq era. Right, right. Uh I, I re I, I I was too young to actually pay attention and understand what michael jordan was doing and and that's you know that sucks and what i'm seeing lebron doing as much as i don't i I, i've just been as a celtics fan i mean come on he's been smashing us for years i can't i can't like him on the court but the dude is unreal and and it's as much as it pains me to say it he's got to be the greatest basketball player i've ever seen play i mean
1: you got you got to respect him yeah you got to respect his game he's like as much as I hate to admit it, he's kind of like the Tom Brady or the Derek Jeter of the NBA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: probably even at a higher level in terms of just the longevity of his success and the fact that he's such a highly sought-after player. I mean, who knows where he's going to go?
0: Yeah, there's you there's know? a few options that, that people are keep keep hitting over and over again, and that's the Lakers, who obviously have the cap room and the flexibility to bring in not only him, but possibly a Kawhi Leonard or or a Paul George, everyone's talking about, to to kind of pair up and, and maybe even a trio of them if they can move some of their young pieces uh to to just harbor a bunch of them. And that would be the ideal situation for the Lakers. But the 76ers are now allegedly going all in to try to get LeBron on their team as well, who they can sign outright. They do they also have max cap space because they have a lot of young players in Embiid simmons sarich all those players that are on rookie deals they still have they have max cap space and can bring in somebody like like a lebron oh my God. which would be unreal Imagine,
1: dude if you asked anybody in the entire united states if the 76ers were would ever be a suitor for lebron james they would have laughed at you yeah but now it's it's wild and you know i all i have to say is there are people out there, and I was actually talking to one of my buddies about this. There are people out there that say that Jordan was better than LeBron because of the rings. And while I agree to a certain point yeah. that rings are important, you gotta just look at the dude's stats. They're they just they're unparalleled. But I, that all being said, I will I will have I will admit that I really think that LeBron is probably sick of being on shitty teams. Yes. That he has to carry, so you got to figure that whatever team he does choose to go to is something that he feels is going to be kind of a dynasty for him where he'll win mad mad rings. Yeah. And shut all the people up about all the ring stuff and then just continue to ball
0: out i think he would want nothing more i know everybody crapped on kevin durant for going to the warriors who 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 then are just rattling them off easy now because it's just it, it's just not even fair at this point but he would love nothing more to find a situation like that so he could just jump on in and not not necessarily take a back seat but just take the load off of him so he only has to do so much on a given night to get get his team to win he's got to be fed up with just harboring right. the entire load
1: points the yes
0: a 50 point triple <laughs> double and still find a way to lose how do you do that how do you waste that I mean he he's got to be fed up with that which which leads me to the point I, I I can't find a scenario in other than unless somebody's like got somebody hostage in his life that he would walk back to Cleveland and say all right I'm riding my career out in Cleveland there's he's got he doesn't owe the city anything he's given them He's given them a championship, that, and that's and from the way that their team's build up right now. There, that's all the man can do. That championship, I think, is enough uh, for that city. And they three should...
1: chances at a championship. Yes, yes. Four I... chances at or four chances at four championships.
0: At some point, you, I, I do feel bad. I, early on, though, whenever the Warriors they were going at it the first couple times, I was like, I, I, you know, I, I secretly enjoyed the Warriors kind of just handling him, but. Yeah. I am glad that he got one for Cleveland. You know, in hindsight, at the time I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." You know, but because because I will say, LeBron fans are are oof, they're they're hard to handle sometimes. Yeah. You know, but the fact the fact that he did win one for Cleveland should be a, a factor in his decision right now, and I think he should do his best to find a situation where his workload will be much much easier you know what i mean he, he's he got to he's got to take that workload and cut it at least in half somewhere else
1: well and you got to figure too it he has been making all these really crazy stats without good like teammates they don't they don't score they they, they don't play defense they don't pass Ugh. the ball he just has to like put the team on his back and get rebounds Go down, make three, steal the ball from this dude, get double covered, and he still has these crazy stats. So who knows? Maybe maybe his stats will be even better with with a better team.
0: Yeah. Okay. The Cavaliers right now are locked into a disgusting Tristan Thompson contract, a disgusting J.R. Smith contract, a pretty gross Jordan Clarkson contract. The players that they traded for, and the tra- the, the players that actually LeBron advocated to get paid are now going to be the reason why he leaves, in my opinion. I mean, he its he's the reason that they're there in Cleveland, and they're also going to be the reason why he leaves because it, they that team has zero flexibility, and unless they want to mortgage their entire future, which is what the Brooklyn Nets did with the Celtics a while back when they traded for KG. Yeah, when they traded for KG and Paul Pierce and gave up their entire future, that's the only way that this team is going to be competitive right now and have a chance. They're going to have to trade away all their future draft picks just to get rid of... Of these monster contracts that are are essentially dead weight, so it just doesn't make any sense for him to go back to Cleveland when he can just as easily walk into a situation without without gutting another team in L.A. or or you know in Philadelphia. Which, by the way, him going to Philadelphia, I again I, I said in a prior podcast, it would rend to me it would render Ben Simmons uh, redundant because the dude. He he is he's not necessarily ball dominant, but he is currently their point guard. Like he is the the ball handler for that team. Uh I just don't I just don't see a scenario where he's gonna just magically find a jump shot and LeBron because LeBron's gonna throw it to him and he's gonna throw it right back. That's how, it's how it's gonna work. He's not gonna hit a jump right. shot. So So, I don't so know.
1: tell me this. What's your way too early prediction for where LeBron's gonna end up?
0: Oh my god. As much as I hate to say it uh, i think he's going to wind up in la i don't want to see it it would make me sick to my stomach but if he's going to go anywhere please go out west i'd love to just see that <laughs> bloodbath just the bloodbath of the western conference playoffs i would i just that would make me happy because at the end of the day only one team's going to make it out of the west and as long as he's out of the east the celtics Celtics' path to the finals, it will be as easy as it's ever been in in the history, I think, of the franchise. So if he wants to go anywhere, and and honestly, the situation that is forming, I think Los Angeles is a no-brainer for him because they can bring on other players such as Paul George. And if they can strong-arm the Spurs to actually give up Kawhi Leonard, um, he'll get a season of Kawhi Leonard as well. So I, I think that's probably the best scenario. Also, I heard a rumor that he's going to be rolling out once he does pick a place in free agency. Uh, shortly after that, there's a let. There's rumors floating around that he's going to roll out a trailer for Space Jam Two. <laughs> and as far as I know, there's not any production studios in Cleveland that are going to film a feature length film. Those are all in L.A. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're going to film a movie, you might as well just you might as well just hang out in L.A. I don't know.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So You know, know I have to yeah. say,
1: see, I was thinking the opposite, that he would want to stay in the East to avoid having to go against the Warriors more often. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that he would end up with the seventy-sixers.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think in his mind he knows he's probably better off in the East. Uh, I just – I don't know how that – I mean, the 76ers have great players. I just don't know how – I'd be curious to see how that plays out with all of them on the court together.
1: But- I wonder if he, if he has plans to, like, interview – like, you got to figure – you get a call from LeBron you're going to go meet with him or absolutely you know shoot with him or whatever so we can get a feel for you for sure whatever no if he, he does
0: that he will he will talk to teams he said he doesn't want like the the entire like you know the parade or the, sh- the sideshow of trying to court him he just wants to have a casual conversation what can you do what what will your team look like with me on it and once he has that conversation allegedly they expect they expect an, an answer and and a, a decision Relatively soon into free agency, which starts on July 1st, so uh, hopefully they. Somebody said hopefully by July 4th, they think, which is next week, next Wednesday, I believe, Jeez. W- they'll know wh- where LeBron's going because he is the key cog of free agency right now. I mean, even teams who aren't in the running for him, you have to wait for that cog to fall for other players to a know their worth in the market and b know where they're not going to be able to go. You know, because they could be talking to teams and then all of a sudden. Oh, LeBron's calling us right now. And then they'll put them on hold. You know what I mean? It's like when LeBron calls, you just shut them up and say, listen, I'm going to talk. I'm going to take this call. So I I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be another crazy summer. And uh, I am excited to find out where he goes. So everything else can be just it's going to be this domino effect. uh, And it's going to be pretty crazy to see over the summer in the NBA uh speaking of a, a different sport we'll just kick on over to uh soccer or or football as people say i haven't been following a lot of the world cup i've been getting a lot of updates on my phone and i did just see was that today or yesterday that germany is now out the defending championship, the defending world cup champions are
1: out that was today i believe yeah i and think i got that on my interesting phone. um i've been talking to some of my friends that are more into the soccer scene than myself. What's what's the deal? What happened? I mean, these guys were putting ridiculous scores up on national teams like eight, six, eight scores in a soccer game. What happened? The answer that I've been getting um, most consistently is the coaching. It sounds like uh, there were some decisions made in terms of leaving players out um, that are pretty good that they felt Could have been a good talent for the team To play in some of these games Um, And then there's a little bit Of a sentiment that some of the players Are starting to get old and starting to Kind of Be on the tail end of their World Cup Kind of reign Um, But it's really interesting to see That they haven't won a single game yet Um, I mean South Korea had better Stats in the the standings For their group Yeah Um, really really interesting and obviously us americans had even uh less to uh have even less to uh be happy about since the american uh men's team didn't even make it
0: yeah as as per usual yeah that's that's pretty much the standard
1: at this point i'm pretty much just uh holding out to see what the the women's american women's team looks like again this year and yeah then, uh I'm uh, rooting for Japan at this point, hoping that uh, Japan can be a dark horse in this whole thing.
0: I, I First off, I, I will tell you, I did not realize the World Cup lasted this long. I feel like it's been going on for like three months. I don't know why. And and it's still not going to be over for another another month, I believe, or at least three weeks it's still going on for. So it is, it is pretty cool that there's that many. Uh, I believe it's down – I think it's coming down to the round of 16 right now. And mm-hmm. the one team I keep seeing that's like – they're on like this this run right now that, that I don't know I mean it's un in, I wouldn't say improbable run but uh Mexico which is our you know our our neighbor south of the border there uh has been on a pretty decent run so if I was going to attach my wagon to anybody I'd just you know I'm rooting for Mexico I mean I don't know if they're going to make it all the way but uh if they can just keep it up I think that'd be pretty cool to see it
1: Looks like Mexico has a game against Brazil uh on July 2nd Yes That'll probably be a big one to watch for sure. Um, and then Spain and Russia play; those are two teams that are doing pretty well. Um, and then uh, we've got Sweden and Switzerland playing on the third. So there, there are some uh, games it seems like to look forward to. And uh, Brazil, Brazil did pretty well last year in the World Cup. I thought. Um, weren't they one of the finalists? I'm pretty sure they they came of one of those other teams. I'm
0: pretty sure they came down to it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were in the top top group, but I'm not sure I'm not sure when I'm gonna finally tune in and actually watch a game. I'm sure I'll watch I'm sure I'll watch some of the final, but it is weird how <laughs> I, I've somehow conveniently missed a lot of these games, despite the fact that I have the ability to watch it. I think I think on Hulu they are airing a lot of these games. So I mean I, I probably I probably will probably hop in as it gets a little closer to the finals. It's kinda like baseball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for me, at least, I can't watch it on TV. Uh, but if you give me uh, a game seven of the World Series, you know, I might, I might tune in and scope it for a little bit. You know what I mean? Which is, these are single elimination games, I think, at this point, once they've come down to this round, um, the round of 16. So, so it is mm-hmm. a little more cutthroat. That's, I, I kind of like that, you know, as opposed to, like, a seven-game series where, you know, there's not really any repercussions of losing early. You can always come back. So it's pretty fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And obviously soccer is, you know, the most watched sport in the entire world. So uh, it's not just uh, not just us paying attention to this.
0: Absolutely. All right. We'll transition from that over to the entertainment world. I know there's been a few movies that have come out uh, some uh, last month that you actually have finally gone and seen, including (laughs) Deadpool 2. So I, I know that we I think we hit on it a little bit whenever I had seen it back in the day. But I, now that you've seen it, I I'd like to know what how are you feeling? You what were you feeling whenever you were watching that?
1: You know, I have to say, I think I liked Deadpool two as much as Deadpool one. Um, I was kind of skeptical with how they were going to implement somebody like Cable and Domino and some of these other characters, but I was really I was really happy to see that they did it pretty well and. Uh, it's kind of interesting how they did it um, with uh, you know his girlfriend and um, yeah. Try not to spoil too no, much. No, no, no. Give it for, at this point. Viewers. If you <laughs> haven't seen Deadpool
0: two, tune out. Spoiler alert! I want to talk about this openly because I don't. I don't want to like pull any punches. Uh, we've both seen it now, so we can talk about it. And if you haven't seen yeah. it yet, then just kind of tune out for this little brief seconds uh, segment. The girlfriend thing obviously was tough, but at the end. When he came back, does that mean she's going to be back in the next one? Like, what does that mean when he, when he got that time travel device? Did you see that? Like, the little post-credit thing? Yeah, or?
1: yeah well, it, what it was hilarious is how he even made a comment in the movie about how uh, maybe he just has a problem with other big stars in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting how they kind of, like, went back and retconned the Green Lantern thing. Yes. dying. Oh, and,
0: my gosh.
1: Uh, like, that's just some... Deadpool fourth wall shenanigans, which is really hilarious. Um, I think I'd like to see in whatever the next Deadpool iteration is, um, maybe um, them starting to kind of figure, like flesh out the X-Force and like kind of go through that group dynamic a little bit more. You know, him and Cable and Domino kind of only joined forces at the end of the movie, so um it'd be cool to kind of see them get away from the X-Men thing and kind of focus more on the X-Force. Yeah,
0: I did I did think for sure. I thought Cable was badass. Uh but I did I did find one thing to be a little a little odd to me and I get I get I, I obviously it's the movie and that's why you have to make it that sweet like that good ending. But when Cable decides to use his time travel to go back to that that particular point and it fixes everything right everything winds up being fixed but i just i just find it hard to believe that he would decide to go again you know what i mean to not go back to his family and you know what i mean but when he realizes they're okay he's like no yeah. i have no interest in going back to them why i don't understand that i don't know
1: maybe well, you know i have i think he kind of mentioned it where they're in the car and they're talking about like yeah your generation fucks the world um I think he probably decided, like, okay, my family's fine. You know, maybe I need to stay here and help unfuck, you know, what's going to happen with this, you know, kind of generation of mutants.
0: Okay. All right, that makes sense. I I get that. But That was my sense, at least. It was just weird to me to to know, for him, you know, this was his driving force of the entire movie. The dude was willing to kill for it. And then at the end, when he realizes his family's okay... All of a sudden, he's like, you know what? I don't even want to go back to him, you know, (laughs) which obviously wasn't it wasn't that clear cut. But you know what I mean? It was just it was weird to see that. All in all, I thought it was a great movie. I just that that one. If I was going to nitpick, it would be that one in particular thing.
1: And, you know, one more shout out for Deadpool 2. I think they did a really, really good job of. Showcasing Domino's power.
0: Yeah, um, what? that was. It's, yeah, yeah, that was awesome.
1: I, I thought that was really, really funny. And then the scene, the scene where like Terry Crews and uh, all of them are jumping out of the yes. plane, you know, all dying and shit. That was freaking hilarious. I,
0: that was so unexpected. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. That and and I I think they did Juggernaut pretty well. I mean, the dude was freaking massive. Uh, yeah. I thought Juggernaut was done pretty well in that movie.
1: Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, uh, kind of what enemies they face going forward. There's all sorts of them, so. Espe-
0: especially now that Disney has absorbed another company. A co- you know what I mean? Like they, I think they got 20th Century Fox, right?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: They did buy uh, 20th Century Fox. So will that open the door for them to use more X Men characters? Will they will they make X Men and Deadpool meet? I doubt. I doubt they'll put Deadpool in the actual MCU um but that is a possibility now um after that and and what else is left for disney to buy at this point let's be real Uh, i think it's universal that's it if they wanted to buy universal that's it um um, speaking of universal we can slide on over i I did i did catch jurassic world 2 uh, last night, after missing it, uh, for, the last, for the first three nights we tried to go and see it, it was sold out every single time we got there. Geez, really? Yes, even if we tried to get our tickets like three hours ahead of time, uh, on Monday night we tried to go, and it, the, even that showing was sold out. So uh, we caught it last night, and uh, I will say, after seeing Jurassic World 1... I I hadn't really been a fan. I I thought Jurassic World One was cold. It just didn't seem. I didn't I didn't seem to relate or like any of the characters. Uh, they didn't really give give you a chance to kind of you know be you know relate to them. It just didn't didn't really do any character development. And right. this one here kind of you it steps on the gas pedal right away. But they do a little better job of of making you actually like some of the characters and giving a little bit more backstory on on a few of them. They introduce some. And then give backstory. Um so I won't knock them for that, but it is like it is like pedal to the metal after like 15 minutes in, they're just like, it's in your face, nonstop, madness. You know
1: what I what I really liked about the original Jurassic Park movie was the sense of wonder.
0: I yeah. Mean,
1: they they talk about in in the you know, our world, the meta world, about how cutting edge the technology they used for the dinosaurs was. Like, I, I'm pretty sure their original plan was to use, like, puppets or Muppets or... Yeah, they were or... going to
0: use animatronics for most of it. Um, but I remember, I remember seeing something that um, Spielberg um, wound up, I, I guess, whenever they saw the actual design. That that scene where they're chasing the Jeep um, yeah. in, in Jurassic Park 1, they kind of gave him, like, a quick run-through of that and showed him the preliminary of what it could look like, and he was, like, apparently floored. And at the time... That looked damn good for for early 90s. Of
1: course. CGI the it looked it looked scary as fuck.
0: Yeah, it looked awesome and and that scene where where it's, where it's chasing after it looked awesome. So I I mean that that and movie did, did do so, a good they balance. The
1: suspense so well with yes. like the glass with the drip. And and no, the, uh, there was it was just so good. Yes. And it, this new series just kind of struck me as a cash grab. It
0: it like does. The
1: nostalgia train. I definitely
0: and agree with you I have on that. To
1: say like you know the the new Fallen Kingdom. I wasn't wasn't really going to go see it. I was going to wait for it to come out on Netflix or DVD. So you know what would you would you recommend uh, if moviegoers to go see it? If or you're a fan of Jurassic
0: the... Park, I I would say I would say you to I, to ingest this in the movie theaters. I think you should even if I will say it's not the best Jurassic Park or slash World movie. I, I I think it's better than the original Jurassic World, um, and I I'm excited for the opportunities that are going to come after this, uh, because it leaves you at the end of this, you're you're just like holy hell, they you know what I mean? They can do. It could take a weird turn after this one. Uh, it's pretty fun to watch, and I I think you should probably check it out in the movie theaters. Um, but I will say, I I think Jurassic Park one, two, and three are all better than each than both of these Jurassic World movies. I know I know Jurassic Park there, folks. Jurassic Park 3 gets a lot of a lot of shit, but damn it, I, I like that movie for some reason. I, I'm a big fan. And and I didn't think I didn't think Jurassic World was better than Jurassic Park Three.
1: Jurassic Park Three was remind me which one that Hang Lighting
0: Kid yeah. and and the stepdad uh on the island, then the they go back to the island to find the kid. Um, William H Macy's in it. Uh, they're, they're they're finding the kid on the island, and they find out he's still alive. Then they're trying to get right. off the island. I th- it was weird, but it was it was it was. I mean, the reason it got so much crap is because it wasn't an actual book before it was made. You know, what I mean, it was like an original script, and they're like, "Why are they making all this stuff?" Yeah. However, the story
1: well, Michael Crane is a genius. Yeah,
0: it went it went from point A to point B, and and it got you through a Jurassic Park movie. I thought it was good. Um, but I will tell you in these, these newer ones, they do a lot of the action slash like suspense scenes. It's like almost to like ad nauseum. It is like every other scene is like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, they're going to die. No. Okay. They're fine. Oh my God, they're going to die. Like, it's just, it's like, it's almost too much. I'm just like, dude, just chill for like at least like five minutes.
1: And you know, I love Chris Pratt. I really do. I love him in Parks and Rec. I love him as Star Lord. I feel like he feels really out of place in the Jurassic Park movie.
0: Yeah, and he and he still kind of keeps his little like quick wit and like his little jokes every once in a while. And you're right, it is a little out of place to see somebody like that in a world where you know dinosaurs are just devouring humans right next to him. And he's got like a little quip, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, all Give right. Give me Jeff Goldblum 100 of the
1: movie. And yes, and it.
0: he's got a little. He's got a little scene in this movie. <laughs> he's got a little scene, so that's good. Um, and speaking of movies, the first time we tried to go see Jurassic World, uh, we it was sold out, so we wound up shifting over to see Incredibles 2. Uh, I will say Incredibles 2, uh, just if not as good, maybe even better than the first. The first Incredibles, um, really? it it picks up. It's yeah,
1: Incredibles 1 was very good.
0: It was very good, and I don't think this one skips a beat. It it doesn't. There's no time jump. It picks up right where they left off at the end of the first one, despite the fact that it was a 14 year gap between making them. Uh, it's it's pretty cool to see how they tied it all together, and um and just kind of kept rolling from that you know that momentum that they had. You could probably you could watch that both of them back to back, and it'd just be like a four hour movie. It, it it's pretty wow. good. I thought it was awesome. Um, and I'm glad I'm definitely glad I got to see it, um in theaters. And I guess with movie I, I with movie pass, I'll go see anything in theaters. My bar for movie theater watching is very low when you have movie pass because you get to see a movie every day, but. You know, if I didn't even if I didn't have Movie Pass, I would I would go check out that movie, uh, Incredibles Two.
1: Yeah, definitely, uh not just uh it's kinda like it reminds me of Toy Story where it's not just a family film. It's something that uh young adults can go watch as well.
0: For sure. Especially back in the day, you were a kid when you saw the first one. You know what I mean? Like you were young when you saw the first one. So it's cool to see the follow up, you know, this even if it is this far beyond in the future, it's pretty cool to see. Um, okay, we'll move on over to the games portion of our podcast, and uh, I know there's a couple things in here I'm not even familiar with, so I'm going to be curious to hear from JJ about about some of these, but I am familiar with this one. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, all you Nintendo Switch users out there, which does include JJ and myself, uh, Fortnite has officially come to the Switch, and it is now playable. However, the cross, uh, pl- cross-platform cross compatibility Again, Sony is holding, holding tightly to this and obviously I don't, I don't necessarily blame them uh, as, as Microsoft did it last generation. Uh, but you can do cross-platform play with the Switch and the Xbox One using the Epic accounts, so that's pretty cool too. But it is on the Switch for Switch users.
1: What about Switch and PC?
0: Uh, I believe it's the same way. Sony and PC can, can uh, coexist as well. Uh, it, using the Epic accounts, that's how you can do it i see yes so but but yes this is cool to um I, using the switch we could play with um some friends who have xbox one and we may have not been able to prior you know play with them prior um you can use this switch to do so have you downloaded on your switch yet
1: i haven't um but i have to admit when i first played fortnite it kind of struck me as a game that would be perfect for a nintendo console because it, it's it's goofy it's it's like a weird goofy game it, it's a third person shooter but it's got a really fun game mode and it doesn't take itself too seriously so i was really happy to see that they're doing this and it's just another great sign for nintendo kind of embracing third-party uh ips and third-party developers bringing them into the fold for their their console and i think it's just uh, one more step in the right direction I'm really excited to see also kind of uh, what other games they're able to bring in once their online uh, services is, is in uh, you know kind of full mode.
0: Yes, I totally agree, and I, and I agree with you about Fortnite on the Switch. It's a no-brainer, especially when Fortnite right now is like the biggest game going. I mean, like as far as like users, it's unreal. they Fortnite essentially owns the universe in in the gaming department currently. They're just they're printing stupid money uh, because kids are just taking mama's credit card and just buying all these skins, which they don't even, they don't even factor into the gameplay, but they just look pretty sweet. Um, yeah. but they're, they're making so much money. It's, it's unreal right now.
1: And who, I mean, dude, just look, just wait, just wait. So you can be a Mario oh. character and have a friggin' <laughs> wrench as your pick. instead oh my of God. A uh, pick.
0: Oh, it's going to, it would be interesting to see Mario running around with like a, like a, you know, like an a assault rifle. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shooting <laughs> rocket launchers and stuff, but yeah, um, it'll be pretty cool. So that that's cool that Switch was able to pick that one up. And uh, I will tell you that if, unless you're using the Pro controller, though, I wouldn't mess around trying to play a handheld. It it is very awkward, like uncomfortable to try to do the controls. Really? Yeah. Well, because Fortnite's a little—you you, got to react a little quickly, and trying to do that with your thumb down, you know what I mean? It's weird with your right thumb down. It it is a little mm. odd, but um. Yeah it's still fun and it's fun to be able to travel with it and you know I mean just take it to grandma's house as long as she still has wifi you know what I mean and and play that way. Uh moving on to Eld- Elder Scrolls Mobile. I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, apparently you can play Elder Scrolls on your phone. How exactly is that going on?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh my friend Doug showed me this video Elder Scrolls Blades which was revealed during E3. It's a uh kind of full-blown Elder Scrolls game that you can play on your mobile. Uh, they We're going to post a video on the website kind of following this podcast so you guys can check it out yourselves, but it seems pretty sweet. I've got myself a Samsung S9+, Plus, which nice. is huge enough to be able to play uh, this type of game on there. Um, it seems pretty simple where you have just kind of these bars, but when you get into the interface, it, it seems a lot more uh, kind of not intense, but um, more um, in depth than you might have expected for a mobile game. And then at the very end of the reveal trailer, they show us that this is something that will be cross-platform, so you can play on your phone, you can play on your uh, your console, Ooh. and you can share your account between the two. So it'll definitely be something that I give give a try. You know, anybody that likes Bethesda. Likes the Skyrim game, or sorry, likes the Elder Scrolls games. Um, you know, you should definitely look into look into this game. It looks pretty sweet.
0: That's pretty awesome. So you're telling me the phone, your phone, can handle this, and and it's it's comparable to like a console or like a like a PC. You or know, is it, it like a dumbed I, down version?
1: It, I think it might be a little bit um, kind of like console light when you're playing on the mobile. You're not like kind of dodging around really as much. It seems. It seems like more like a classic RPG where okay. you're just trading blows. That makes sense. But I think there's a little bit more than to it than that. But that's kind of how it sh- uh, appeared. I'm sure that they'll give us more details as we get closer and when it uh, becomes available. And they also uh, indicated that this would be available to play via, uh, via VR. So,
0: um,
1: so that'll be a, a cool. Um, platform to play it on as well
0: very nice all right moving on we have uh torn city is on on my list here we're running down i not have no idea what this one is uh can you fill me in on what the heck is going on with torn city
1: so torn city is a um browser-based uh text text-based rpg um i've been playing it for quite a while um i just wanted to bring it up as something that you know, our, our uh, listeners might be interested in. If you kind of like a time killery kind of like mafia wars type of game, this is something that you might be interested in. You can check it out. Uh, Basically it's like any of those kind of mobile games where you uh, build up wealth by doing crime or beating other players up or, uh, you know, you can, it, A lot of it is kind of like you upgrade your your player over time and by interacting with with other players and joining forces to form things called factions, um, you're able to kind of progress through the game faster or slower. Um, It's not for everybody, that's for sure, but uh, it's something that I've enjoyed. It's Something that you kind of can kind of jump on once or twice during the day, and yeah. Like, while,
0: while you're at work, you just pop open another browser and just yeah. uh, you know, you go to town a it's little bit.
1: The incognito yeah. window and uh, <laughs> jump on your torn account for a few minutes. No, not I'm saying the... that I do that. No, sort of thing, no, but... of
0: course not. No, no, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the website right now, it does look pretty pretty cool. It looks very in depth for just a, a text based game, so yeah, it's uh, looks like it's torn.com if you want to check it out. Um, or or just Google search Torn City, the the game, and they'll they'll be able to you'll be guided directly to the website, which is looks pretty sweet. So if you want to check it out, that's where you want to be. And last on the list, we, this was a late addition to the podcast uh lineup. Uh the thing and we're not you apparently we're not talking about the uh, Fantastic Four character.
1: No, no, there's no clobbering time in this game, though I have to say there are flamethrowers. Um The thing um Infection at Outpost 31 is a board game that me and my fiance picked up. Um, I would played it with a few of my friends uh, on a vacation. Uh, It's really, really fun. I wanted to bring it up because I I think it's definitely worth recommending to people out there that kind of like more, it's not hardcore, but it's definitely a more intricate game. If you've ever played a game like Resistance or Mafia or Werewolf, where you kind of go around trying to determine who the bad guy among Ooh, you is. Yeah, um, this game is kind of in that genre, and so in addition to but basically the premises, you're all on this. It's based on the old movie, um, you know, the old sci-fi movie. Yeah, you're all you're all at a, a station in a, Antarctica, and uh, you discover this ancient alien pod. And one of your scientists determines that one of you is being impersonated by the, the thing. Oh! And so you progress through a board game. Um, you progress through different sectors to try and escape the, the facility. And at the end of the game, through all that you've done, you have to determine who goes and who stays. The humans obviously want only humans to get on the helicopter. And the thing wants to, you know, either cause the humans to fail or, uh, sneak away on the helicopter unnoticed. Um, I played this with my family, um, who certainly are not hardcore gamers and they were able to kind of grasp it. I think, uh, you know, once you sit down and play it a few times, it's something that you can kind of bring out with the same group of friends and really, you know, enjoy playing with each other. Um, I would definitely highly recommend it. Um, the rules are a little bit intense, so you have to spend some time doing that. But, um, you know, once you get the gist of how it works, it's, it's really fun.
0: Yeah. I love games like that where you, where you're trying to dupe, you know, your closest and, you know, loved ones and friends. That's my favorite kind of thing.
1: It, it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my fiance looks look look me straight in the eyes and was like, "Are you the alien?" And then it turns out that we were actually both the alien.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, at the so, end of the wait, so you don't even know you don't even know family. other people are aliens?
1: Well, it's funny like so there's three rounds, right? Yeah. The first round, one of you is the alien. After the first round, after you clear the first sector, there's a round called the assimilation round. And there's a chance that another person turns into the alien. So you don't know as the alien who the other alien is um, unless you get a a piece of gear called the flamethrower. And with the flamethrower, you can either do a blood test to secretly check whether somebody is human or alien. Or you can call a vote to see if you're going to torch a player and just take them out of the game. Oh, my Um, gosh. To kind of, and it's crazy because as the alien, you want to torch people to cause less humans to be in the game. Yeah. And as the humans, you want to torch the aliens to make sure that they don't get on the helicopter with you guys.
0: That sounds like a pretty awesome game. About how long would you say a game
1: lasts? Uh, I think it took us about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Okay. Um, When you first start to learn, it'll take you, you know, uh, a good chunk of time to get through the rules to familiar, familiarize yourself with the pieces yeah but, uh once you kind of get the, the the hang of it and depending on the size of group we had seven people and it took us an hour and a half two hours so it, wow. it's pretty fun and it doesn't take the whole night like risk or monopoly yeah
0: no that that sounds like a pretty awesome game i'll have to check it out for sure and uh, and obviously my you know my well my current i guess i should call her wife now I, it's weird still saying that but my wife chris and we'll, we'll definitely go check it out and see if uh it's something we can add to our, our extensive board game collection as well. So we'll have to go see what we can do about it.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling that she, uh, she would really enjoy it.
0: All righty, man. Well, I guess that will do it for podcast number six with The Chunk. And uh, we'll get everything back in order. And we should, if all things go according to plan, be back next week with an all-new podcast with all-new uh, junk to talk about. So uh, look forward to that. And if you want to check everything out, go to our Facebook page, search for The Chunk Pod. Uh, it's actually at the Chunk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're there, give us a like, uh, give us a follow. We definitely would appreciate it. And any interaction you want to go with, um, follow us on the ChunkPod.com as well. We'll be posting stuff there a little bit more frequently than we have been. Uh, I know we've been kind of slacking. I've been doing a lot of other stuff going on, uh, but we're getting everything in order and we're going to be back at it again next week. You down, JJ?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, let's see if we can get the gang back together. We'll do it again next week, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you later.
1: See you later, junkers.